Good morning. Welcome to the Big Ball of Twine podcast, episode 46. Talking today about cabbage patch dolls and being right over being peaceful and being lost in our thoughts and creating chaos in the world. Being right. What does it mean to be right? What does it mean to fight being wrong? And what can we do about those things in our world? What can we do about those ideas that we react to instead of choosing peace, we choose chaos. So let's strap in and see where this goes. All right, good morning. Talking about um, being right. Being right um, and uh, choosing peace over chaos. Being right. There's something I've struggled with my entire life. Will I be right? Or will I choose peace over chaos? It's a, a common theme, I think, for us human beings to um, decide whether or not we're going to choose. Um, well, letting shit go, I guess, is one way to put it. Um, the other is to just choose peace. First, I just wanted to mention that I've missed a bit of time doing these podcasts. My dad is dying of ALS, and um, ALS is um, particularly difficult for people to deal with because their mind is perfect and their body is doing things around them that are making things difficult for my dad. His body is doing those things. So I've missed a few weeks here, fallen behind on what I would like to be doing, but I chose um, peace over chaos. It would have been too chaotic for me to try to get a podcast out, dealing with the things I've been dealing with the last three or four weeks, basically. So talking about being right is um, central in my world. I was raised by my mom and dad, and my dad is all about being right. He has always struggled with being wrong. He's always struggled with um, appearing wrong um, or doing what he thinks is wrong and being what he thinks is called out for being wrong. And what that would look like is he would maybe try to help someone, me, let's just keep it personal here, He has a tendency to try to help me when I'm doing something that not only isn't helpful, but often gets in the way of getting whatever I need done, done, completed. And it can be quite annoying when someone sticks their hands in your stuff and tries to do something that's not helpful. And I would say something like, I got it, Dad, or I'm fine, I got it. And his response is, um, okay, okay, I'm just trying to be helpful. And then the point at which I choose peace over chaos is I would choose chaos often and say, Dad, I'm just trying to whatever. And now we're both in an argument about or a friction point um, about whether or not he was being helpful and whether or not I was accepting his help or not and whether or not that's okay. And then it's just chaos. <laughs> 
because no one is actually dealing with the real issue, which is he's doing him and he's being him. And I am choosing chaos when I respond in an unkind or impatient way. And there's a part of me that struggles with that because I want to be right too. Uh, Much like many other people on the planet, I want to be right too. I want my sovereignty, my agency to be respected, Uh, especially since it's my dad and I don't need his help for everything anymore. He doesn't need to change my diapers and I don't need him to feed me and actually I haven't needed him for much in a long, long time. We are more adult people now who have a more adult relationship and no one in my life um, does that to me. No one in my life is the way he is towards me in the way he does that. So it's my choice, right? It's my choice how I respond to that. And there are people that would argue he shouldn't do that, that he should learn or he should respect my boundaries or I don't know, he should be different. And I don't expect him to do that. I've long since chosen peace over chaos in that relationship because I don't expect him to change anymore. And my boundary is not to keep him from doing something, but to notice when I'm feeling riled up or frustrated or angry or about to choose chaos, that I will choose peace over that. And choosing peace often is to just say, I got it, Dad. And no matter what he says after that, um, well, I guess unless it's something peaceful as well, I just choose to move on. And I know that's frustrating for him because he is then, and I've we've talked about this, he then feels like I'm just leaving him hanging. Like he wants to then talk about what's going on. And I've told him, and we've discussed this before, when he's doing those things that I say, I've got it or I don't need your help, Dad, and he continues to go on, I said, that's for him to deal with. I, when you reach into someone's world and try to help them and reach into someone's world and get in their way while they're doing something and they say they don't need your help that's not that person's fault that they don't need your help it's the other it's my dad's deal that they're reaching into their world that's his choice he could choose not to reach into somebody else's world into my world and you know going back to what we started with is that he is my dad and of course we have a different relationship and so now I am trying to help him and sometimes the tables are turned because he doesn't really need my help to think at all he needs no help thinking he needs help doing and that's hard for him to let me help him (laughs) sound familiar it's hard for me to let him help me so we both have that going on and I'm dealing with that as I'm watching him uh, watching his body deteriorate around his perfectly good mind not easy to watch Um, well that's silly to say to say something is not something it's difficult to watch I find it uh, at times sad painful frustrating um, even annoying Um, There's a lot of logistics around his world right now that I'm helping with. There's a lot of um, letting go 
of uh, my dad and his world. He is choosing the way he wants to pass, and I am helping to facilitate that as best I can from a distance. So we have hospice involved, and they are incredibly kind and loving people who I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty blown away at how patient they are with my dad because they see my dad very differently than I do. They don't have a whole lifetime, a whole 60 years with him that I do. And so their peacefulness with him sometimes blows me away, even when he's trying to help them. A situation happened a while back where um, a couple of weeks ago when I was there with him, we got a, a device for him to communicate with. It's basically an iPad with software on it that helps him with a big, big touch keyboard, key out a whole sentence, and then he hits go, and it reads off the sentence out loud so he doesn't have to try to talk because he can't really speak anymore. So the woman that was showing us how to use it, who was incredibly patient with my dad and his ways, was unboxing it and trying to get a piece of it um, removed because it has some hardware on it we didn't need. And my dad kept reaching in to try to grab this piece for her. She just calmly said, I've got it. And actually rolled her seat back about a foot and a half so he could no longer reach her. And I thought, well, that was brilliant. It was peaceful. It was a choice she made to... Uh, continue to do the work she needed to do without his hands in there, what little left of one hand he has left to do anything with. I thought it was very graceful. So she had chosen peace over chaos in that moment. I could see her acting as I have done in the past, feeling snarky, bitter, letting my years of frustration with my dad get in the way of a very simple situation. Not and not isolating the situation for what it was in that moment. Just needed to back away and let my own needs be taken care of and he can not reach me anymore. So she did that. She backed away. And she made the situation better for everyone. Um, so she chose peace over chaos. She chose peace over being right. She could have used words and actions that would have made it appear as if she was right and my dad was wrong and chose chaos. And being right, I think in my experience in the world has been people love to be right and they don't like to be wrong because of the consequences they felt as children. And that has carried on through their entire life. If you're wrong, there is punishment, it's punitive. Um, for me, I'd be grounded or spanked or um, belittled or um, just ignored. One of my parents' favorite um, disciplines was to just um, just give you the silent treatment, which to this day is a struggle with me when I feel like someone's given me the silent treatment. I, I hate that so much, and it's so difficult for me because it takes me back to when I was very little, and that would be how I was dealt with, how I was disciplined. So we we do respond to the world as if we're children when we are triggered and when we feel um, 
like we're right and someone's wrong and we're going to stamp our feet and do everything we can to avoid those feelings. So if we continue to be right, we can continue to push those feelings aside and not have to deal with them. Push those moments that broke our spirits aside and keep us safe. Our mind is all about keeping us safe. Uh, and we'll do anything to keep ourselves safe. Man, we'll hurt people, we'll lie, we'll cheat, we'll manipulate the world around us, we'll deny feelings, we'll deny thoughts, we'll alter realities in our minds to make it feel as if we were right or, or better. We will simply just ignore denial and ignore our big parts of how our mind protects itself. And part of all of that, of course, is whether we're right or wrong. And if we're wrong, we have to feel what it's like to be wrong. And for me, I'm not going to say I'm any different than anyone else. I've just done more work around it. Being wrong has become the opposite, but the friend as well to being right. Because when I'm wrong, I'm also understanding that I'm wrong in someone else's world. I'm not talking about my own judgments of right or wrong. I'm talking about feeling wrong, someone pointing it out that they think I'm wrong. So having someone like a boss or a partner or one of my children or pretty much anybody point out in their own judgment that I'm wrong and having to uh, take a step back and understand that they aren't necessarily correct. They aren't necessarily right or wrong either. They're just expressing their view of the world as they see it. And then it's up to me to decide whether I choose peace or chaos. And I'm choosing peace, well, pretty much most of the time, but not always. I do devolve, so to speak, into chaos on occasion and I'll stamp my feet metaphorically and I'll be a child and demand that I get what I want or whatever in my adult body while I'm acting like a three-year-old. So this gets back to what we've talked about many times and that's noticing our stories. So it's a story when someone says you're wrong. <laughs> just like it's a story when they tell you you're right. It's no different. It's just our minds are happier when we're right, more peaceful and feel more safe and more protected when we're right. So if we feel we're right and someone acknowledges that, echoes it back to us that we're right, then we're little happy campers, aligned. That person thinks we're right, we think we're right. Let's have some ice cream in our little minds. And then there's the, the opposite of that. When I feel like I've done something wrong and someone then also tells me they think they're I'm wrong. They think that I've done something wrong. Now I'm taking the double beating. I take the beating I perceive from them. I take the harshness or the um, punishment, as it were, because it's all about me and how I respond to it. And I also take uh, my world of um, my world's experience of being wrong and pile it all on that moment. I 
think that's why we see um, like road rage. Um, anytime someone tips over like that, they tip over center and they go nuts. They go um, off into their um, their childhood anger and frustration and fears. They want to defend what's right or wrong. Uh, that person is wrong on the road. I am right. Uh, and we just go nuts, right? We, you could have killed me. What are you doing? You're screaming, you're yelling, you're flashing your lights, you're honking your horn. Sometimes people swerve people off the road. Sometimes it ends up in gunfire or people beating each other up. It reminds me of something I talked about with um, someone uh, back a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about when the Cabbage Patch dolls came out. I think in the, I want to say the 80s. It was a long time ago. And mostly moms, but some dads, would line up at stores, press against the doors, and um, when the store opened, they would crush each other to get in to buy a stinking doll. And I say it that way because people died doing this. Um, it wasn't funny. It wasn't entertainment. The news seemed to love it. They would run that stuff over and over. It got a lot of ratings, I guess, or sold a lot of chewing gum or knickknacks that we don't need, whatever they're trying to do to get people to watch the news. But in the end, they were choosing to let their minds go into a world of chaos rather than peace. So people would die over getting a doll. Women were trampled and killed. So one morning, a woman with a child left their child with someone, probably promising them a doll or maybe just keeping it secret because it was around Christmas time. And they didn't come home because a whole bunch of people chose chaos. And a few of those people trampled or fought or got violent over a doll, chose a doll over peace, doll being chaos. And it was brought up in a very light way as part of another conversation, but it really got me to thinking about how we do that as people, how we make something more important than other people's peace, other people's lives on the extreme end. Having those dolls was more important than peace, more important than um, pretty much anything else. So we were willing as a culture to put weight upon those dolls that made them more important than life itself in some cases. And that just, man, that just bores into me like a railroad spike in my chest. I cannot believe what we are capable of doing as people to, to be right. Lord knows I've done lots of those kinds of things, not that extreme, but I have chosen chaos over peace or chaos over the perceived idea that the response to my truth or my, uh, my reality would be taken in a way that would hurt me. So let's say something happened in my world as a kid or even as an adult and rather than 
tell someone or be truthful about it, just omit it, right? I chose that instead of just the risk of saying to someone, this happened, or I believe this, or I don't believe that. I would choose silence. That was my way of choosing chaos. Because then my mind was chaotic, right? It didn't always be a thing with someone. Like, oh, they found out that this thing happened to me and they were upset because I didn't share it with them. Mostly it was just chaos in my own mind because I was choosing a chaotic world of silence and deception. I was deceiving myself and the world around me as to what the reality for me really was. And so I was choosing chaos over peace. I didn't know that at the time. I was completely oblivious to it. Unfortunately, that's also how the human mind works. We do not... Um, often we do not understand what we're doing in the moment. We're just doing. We're just busy protecting ourselves, and we don't even know it. We're choosing chaos rather than peace because we don't know that the peace we think we're choosing is actually chaos. Difficult place to be because we damage ourselves and the world around us in so many ways, and we don't even know or understand the ways that we're damaging ourselves, let alone other people, in those times that we're choosing chaos, deception, or omission, or outright lying. It's a world uh, that seems to fuel this entire world, this entire culture, this entire planet seems to be about um, protecting our fragile egos from being wrong protecting our fragileness, our space, our place in our family, our um, our lives, basically. So we would rather trample someone else to get a doll for our child than to say to the child, you know what, honey, we're going to get one after Christmas when they're uh, more available and it's less chaotic to get one. I will get you one. But you're going to have to wait a little bit. And um, so I made you this little card, this coupon that says, I'll get you this as soon as possible when it's uh, less chaotic for me and less chaotic for you because you don't want a mama or a papa that's stressed out over a doll because that's not good for anybody. I mean, it's not a very creative answer to um, possibly killing someone or dying over getting a doll. And the really, the really sad part about all this is when the children got the dolls, I pretty much guarantee that most of those children didn't care about those dolls much past the first couple of days, even maybe even past the first few minutes, um, because that's how children are, especially when you give them 10 things for Christmas or 20 things for Christmas. They're playing with the one that they choose as their favorite, and Lord knows that doll was often not the favorite. It was something else. And even if it was their favorite, that doesn't necessarily mean that that doll lasted very long in their lives. Like a lot of toys, they end up sitting on the floor or under a bed until they get thrown out or they get given away to the thrift store or a donation of... Um, some other organization or they get put out for garage sale three months later. Um, But that's how we choose. 
those are the consequences of how we choose, and we do that because it's um, it's easier. It's easier. It's easier to follow the way the world is, the world order, as we might call it, cultural norms, than it is to stand up and be truthful, to stand up and choose what's right for ourselves. I'm not saying to choose what's right for the world as the world sees it. I'm choosing right for me. So when we choose chaos, then we choose the consequences of chaos. When we choose being right, and then we choose chaos, we choose the consequences of being right over peace, being in chaos over peace. We choose the consequences of chaos and being right over peace. It has been a very long road for me to choose those um, those ways, choose the way of right and chaos, or choosing the way of peace. <laughs> and I choose peace as much as possible. I step back and I choose to look at the world in different ways now, to see it in a bigger picture, to see it all as a story that I am left to comprehend and decipher and uh, in, integrate into my life as whether or not that story is true. And as I have said many times now, I'm not sure any story is true. Certainly no story is completely true, but most stories are not even true at all. So the story that um, Cabbage Patch dolls are so valuable that we should be in a position where we might kill someone or be killed for one is not a story I would subscribe to. Um, you come to listen to these podcasts maybe to find out something and you hear my story um, the way I see the world and you choose to decide if my story is valid for you or if my story inspires you to find your own way through your story and your interpretations of the world and that's really my goal my goal is to not convince you of anything my goal is simply to bring the world as I see it to you and maybe you'll find a way to um, integrate that in your world and find where you find stories ideas, notions and notice what they are to you notice um, the way they play out in your lives and how that works for you and whether that's something you choose do you choose to take those stories as truth and let them be right and then choose whether there's peace or chaos there because you might choose some stories that are um, that work for you and they feel right and they don't feel chaotic they feel peaceful I am not the one to judge you nor is anyone else, about whether your stories are true or not. If you tell me your story and I think it's a bag of shit, that's not about you. That's about my interpretation, my entire world of living, coming together to listen to your story and then judge it as shit. That's not, that's not on you, that's on me. Just like you are in a position to listen to a story somebody's ideas or notions, theories, as it were, and then decide whether or not that's truth or not. I mean, I'm not here to judge anyone's story. 
I think I used to be. I think I thought that was part of my um, purpose here was to um, decide what's right or wrong. And, and then, I don't know, impose my view about it. Who knows? I don't really remember what my goals were. I don't even know if I had any about that. I just, like so many people on the planet, just learned it. This is what we do. We decide if something's right or wrong, and then we go from there. We create chaos in our worlds based on that choice. And choosing right or wrong instead of choosing to notice and and be aware of what's going on in our bodies and our minds and our emotional states and what happens to our bodies when we feel certain things and then responding not reacting like i said reaction is different than responding reacting is instant more more than most of the time and responding is thought provoked thought induced thought built purposely designed in us to create hopefully peace and not chaos reactivity is often the benchmark of chaos because we don't take everything into consideration I don't you don't we don't we don't take those things into consideration we we just we just go this happened boom we do that Somebody cuts us off in traffic, we yell. Or, even more subtle, somebody cuts us off in traffic and we instantly get angry. Might not yell, but we feel that anger and that anxiety in our bodies. And we don't stop and think about what that's about for us. What happened there? Because it's not about the person in the other car. It's about how we respond to it. And I'm not saying that we exonerate them for their bad behavior, for their, well, bad as a judgment, for their behavior, because I don't know if they were dodging to miss a person in the street, and that put them in front of me, and I didn't see that. I just take it as they cut me off. Sometimes they're just being dicks. Sometimes they're just being assholes in traffic. They're just just fucking being dicks. Weaving in and out and trying to be first in line at stoplights and stop signs and trying to be faster, better, whatever they're trying to be, it causes um, things to happen in the world. Their their actions cause other actions. Their causes, their actions cause other things to occur. Maybe people have to swerve. Maybe people um, bump into each other behind them, and that person who's darting in out of traffic doesn't even know that happened. Maybe there's no um, damage, just the incident happens. But all those maybes just don't matter, really. The only thing that matters is how we respond to something that happens. I'm no different than anyone else. In so many ways, something happens, and I have a response to it in my body, and I choose the momentary instant response I might bark, I might feel fear, I might um, I might be a dick, I might be an asshole myself, because I'm not perfect at all. I'm just a human trying to find my way through this journey. It's kind of a loop around back where we started with my dad, 
when he does the things he does that trigger me, whether he's trying to be uh, helpful <laughs> in his words or trying to be um, useful, which I think is really what he's trying to be as useful. I think he has um, value in his world, in his mind, that if he's useful, he will be accepted. If he's useful, he will not have to feel something where when he feels unuseful or um, not worthy, that leaves him feeling something he chooses not to feel. He would rather just be useful and feel that feeling, that safety, that soul safety he feels rather than feeling the scariness or the danger maybe of not being useful, not being worthy, not being helpful. And so those are the choices that he makes. And like everyone else, I do that too. So don't get me wrong when I tell you these things that I think for a moment I don't do them or have done them. Certainly I have done many of these things and I'm still a person. And while I choose peace as much as possible and I look at the things that happen in my life, I try to understand how I'm responding to something, how I'm feeling reactive, how I'm dealing with the world inwardly so that my outward feelings will be peaceful. It's not always easy. Well, it's not easy or hard. It's just a choice. I'm choosing that, and I'm asking you to choose that. So today I'm asking you to choose peace over chaos. Oh, I'm asking you to choose to look at where you are right, where you need to be right, where you feel that need, where you struggle with being wrong, or you struggle with being, as I think being wrong is about being unworthy, not feeling worth, not feeling valued. So if someone doesn't respond in a way that gives us value or worth, we respond back in the way we do, whether it's barking or anger or fear, or silence, we do have our response to that, our reactivity to it. So today, I want to leave you with the idea that you get to choose that. You get to choose how you respond to those feelings when someone or something happens in your world that brings up you feeling wrong. And find out what that looks like for you, and then start to respond peacefully instead of in chaos. So take that with you today. Notice whether your stories that you're reacting to or responding to are true or not. Notice what's more valuable to you, whether you're choosing chaos or peace. So until next time, we'll catch up with you later. Hey, thanks for listening today. Just want to remind you that as you leave to hit the subscribe or follow or whatever button your software has so you can hang out with me and listen when you feel like it and be alerted when when I stick something out there you might want to listen to. If you have a question that you'd like me to address maybe on the podcast or maybe just privately, send an email to bbotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming in and listening. I hope you have a great day and I hope you treat yourself and others kindly.